Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Okay, I'll take your word for it. Well, Pastor Andy asked me to, uh, a couple weeks ago to uh, speak and part of one of the senses. He's been doing a series on the, on the five senses, and, and he gave me taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm just excited in my spirit because, because you know what? God is good. And we say that all the time. It's a, it's a cliche that we use in the church. It's just something, God is good. And I remember growing up, we say God is good, and everybody says all the time and all the time, God is good. You know, and, but I see people sometimes when very good intentions, but they don't live as though God is good. How many know that it's more than just words? It's more, it's truth. God is good. And we, as believers, carry that life and we walk that life as though we really mean what we're saying. God is a good God. And you know what's so important for us that come to this place, those that call upon the name of the Lord and confess, that we live our life in such a way that when people out there see us, they can say there's something different about you. And you know what? And that is because who God is. And I'm going to read today from Psalms 34, 1 through 10. And as you get ready, as you look in your word, um, look that up. I'm going to read here in a little bit. But I'm going to talk about God's taste and God is good. But when I began to read this chapter, I just can't help but see what the psalmist was, was, was saying, and I'm excited. So I'm going to talk about the different things out of Psalms 34. But the main, the main topic today, the main thing is God is good. And I want, God wants his people to taste and know that. So Psalms 34, 1 through 10. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Put a pause on that. He delivered me not from some of my fears, but he delivered me from all my fears. It is my heart's desire more so God's desire that his people that call him and know him should never walk in fear. I run into too many believers that they've known God for a long time and they, they, they allow something to creep up in their life and they use these words, well, I, I'm, walk, I, I, I'm fearing this situation. I'm fearing that. How many know that God is the God of all our life? And if we can trust him in this area, we can trust him here. We as believers shall never walk in fear. Now, some might say, well, we're human. You know what? Last time I checked, when we accept Jesus Christ, the old creation has passed away, the new has come. I'm here to declare that you that confess on the name of the Lord can never, should never, ever be able to walk in fear ever again because God is good. And he instructs his people. David even says in the Psalms that we should not fear the Lord. We should not, and we see that David at times when he, how many times, we're, we're human, right? And sometimes we, saw, anybody ever blown it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, 
That's because that's why I love you, man. You're so perfect. But it's like, there's times, I just made a statement a little bit ago that we should never walk in fear. Some of you thinking, you know what? That's impossible. There's times in my life where fear tries to creep in. Anybody ever been like that? But because of who I am in Christ Jesus, I speak to that fear. That fear has no authority. The only authority that fear has is the authority I give it to have. And as we begin to just begin to, to, to put our eyes on Jesus and just say, you know what? I'm not allowing that to come into my life. I'm not allowing debt. Or, or I'm not allowing well, debt too, but I'm not allowing doubt. I'm not allowing fear. I'm not allowing depression. You know, because I've, I've talked to a couple of people, and they're like, you know what? We're, we're going to have depression. How many know that we should not be talking like that? I don't care what you're facing on the face of this earth. God created you to know him and to love him and to walk with confidence on who you are in Christ Jesus. He shed the blood to take all that stuff away. And he rose and he's sitting at the right hand of God and he's interceding for us and he is advocating for each and every one of us that call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Now you know why I'm getting excited this morning. I'm going to get back to the scripture. I put a pause on it. Where's my pause button? Oh, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him from out all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Woo! It's okay to get excited about Scripture. And if you think that's hype, you're wrong. That's something, that's, that's, that, that is, you know what, if we get excited at a game, you know what, we, we're okay with that. Some people have a hard time when people get excited about church. How much more should we get excited about the truth of God that transforms lives? You know what I'm saying, somebody? And so, many scholars think, Think that the writer was King David. David was a shepherd in his youth, spending lots of time praising God. He was in the pasture overseeing sheep, but yet he was praising God. He was glorifying the Lord. He knew Jesus. David and the Lord were close. In verse 8, out of the text, David gives us insight that leads to great blessedness and happiness in God. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. See, a little big background they believe after the young, uh, young David killed Goliath, he became a friend to the Israelite King Saul. At one point, however, Saul became very jealous of David and, his, and, and, and in his anger turned against him. Most scholars agree that this psalm was written to celebrate of God's protection of David when he was being chased all over the countryside by an angry King Saul. But see, note David's testimony. We're going to unpack that a little bit says taste. To taste is literally to perceive by experiencing. It involves a conscious decision to be involved. I recall a TV commercial. I'm going to age myself. I don't even know. Maybe, maybe Pastor Andy don't, I've never seen this commercial. 
But there's a group of boys at a table, and their mom bought a brand new cereal. Anybody ever know where I'm going? And they're all like, the older, they're like, give it to Mikey, he'll eat anything. And so they rob themselves from tasting and seeing. So this is so like an issue, or or so um, so like an issue with our relationship with God. Many people are more than willing to give their opinion about God without first knowing him. It's a theological equivalent of a Monday morning quarterback. You know, guys that, that played in high school, perhaps warmed the bench, got in three plays their senior year, that wasn't me. But anyhow, <laughs> guys that, that were sitting, and, and now, now they're old, or they're grown up, and they watch the professionals on Sunday, and they, they critique, but yet themselves never been on the playing field. Do you know what I'm talking about? Now, and I'm okay with Monday morning quarterbacks, because I, I, I am one sometimes <laughs> with my teams and get involved. But people, but see, People who claim to know all about living the spiritual life, yet have never even had an authentic conversation with God and have not tasted, uh, tasted. They have not, they've only looked. Tasting God means taking him at his word. Tasting God means taking him at his word. It's a leap of faith that says, I'm commit my life to you. What will you do with me? You know, we live in a culture that says, you know, I want to know what's going on in my life. How many, have, how many know that? How many have experienced that? You know, I need to know what's going on in my life. But when we're talking with God, when we just surrender and says, God, whatever you want with me, I'm in. I don't have to know what's around the next corner. I don't have because that's trusting God. It's trusting him. It's a leap of faith. It's tasting is perceived by experience. Seeing is knowing that same experience. There's something that happens when you take a leap of faith. Something on the inside that validates the closeness of God. There's an old expression of doubt that goes, I believe it when I see it. Anybody ever heard that? I believe it when I see it. But with God, it's the other way around. You will actually never see it until you believe. The Apostle Paul and David both spoke of having tasted of the heavenly gift. The sense of taste includes the most of other senses, sight, smell, and touch. And certainly there is also true in the spiritual things. We've got to taste and see that God is good. In my own life, some of you, you know the story. I'm not going to go into great detail. But my wife and I are youth pastors in Billings. God called us to be full-time evangelists. We began, it didn't make sense. Three kids, a wife. I was getting paid really well. God said, go, go. How many know when God says go? And I've learned, we didn't have, I didn't have any paycheck coming in. I didn't have any, we didn't have a house in, in Las Vegas. But God, God, but at the time when I said yes to the Lord, and I stepped out, God began to put things, God began to move. I began to see. See, I had to taste. I had to say, when God says go, I had to, I had to, I had to taste it. I had to eat it. I had to sp- step out. You know, there's times when God said go, I, I, 
Anybody ever questioned God? Come on, raise your hand if you've ever questioned God. And, and, and I, I wasn't sure, but then I begin to pray. I begin to seek. I begin to, you know what? In order to taste, it takes faith. We got the faith. You know, when, I, when I'm looking at a big cheeseburger, I haven't had one since July. But no, that's a lie. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I just, I, I've been eating bunless hamburgers, but the other day, last Sunday, I just, I had a free day, and I just said, did you say boring? Oh, oh, yeah, it was glory. It wasn't boring at all. I got, I had, I had that bun on the meat, and I was like, mm-hmm. anyhow, okay. So, when I go to a new place in a restaurant, it takes faith knowing that because of reputation, because of what people say, that, you know what, I'm going to have a good experience. But how many know that doesn't happen all the time? But it takes, it takes, you know, faith. I'm going to step out, and I'm just, I'm just going to try it. My wife accuses me of ordering the same thing every time. Anybody ever like that? And so, so as I get older, I'm willing to take risks. And, and, and I, I just, I love steak. I love mashed potatoes. I love, if you ever want to bless me with a meal, you know what to do. No, I'm kidding. But I love, I just love that. And then, and then my, my wife likes that Thai food. And, and I just had to take her word that it was good. And you know what? I'm a fan of Thai food now. Yeah, because I, I just, I love Thai food. And I, I, have to go, I have to go get some more to eat afterwards because it's never enough. But, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, but, I, but I have to take that act of faith to eat. It's something so simple, but yet it's the same way. When we taste of God, each and every one of us that calls upon the name of the Lord, you're sitting here today, and you're saying, you know what? You've tasted. You've tasted. But see, when we taste and see that he's good, we can't help but grow in the things of God, growing in our faith and stepping out. And I can't help believe that there's people here today that you've stopped growing and allowing God to push you because you've gotten comfortable with your circumstances. You've gotten comfortable with your, with your nice little area that you're in. But God's saying, arise today and move forward because he's got so much more for you. Amen. Amen. And, and even, even if we're here today and you're saying, well, I, I'm growing. I'm, 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 I'm moving forward. I'm, I'm, I, I'm tasting and I'm seeing God is good. Let me ask you this. Are people seeing it in you? What are you doing to evangelize those in your circle, in your, in your homes, extended family, in your neighborhoods? You know, there needs to be a cry because God, is, if you taste it and see that God is good, man, I tell you what, when I have a good hamburger, I, re- I went to Fat Pie a while back before I started keto, and, um, and, I, and I had a buffalo burger. And it was out of its world. I loved it. It was awesome. It was the best hamburger I've had in my life. Ain't that right, baby? And I couldn't keep quiet about it. I go to work. I'm like, man, you got to try fat pie. That hamburger. You got to get the buffalo burger. It's lean, by the way, lean meat. But anyhow. It was so incredible, and, 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 and I was telling people, and one guy goes, hey, I went to Fat Pie. And you're right. It was awesome. It was incredible. I taste it. I got to go back. Because of my passion and my enthusiasm created interest in that guy. So, so much so, he went all the way to Fairhaven. You don't want to go to Fairhaven unless you have to, but there's good restaurants. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's like your Canadian jokes. I'm kidding. But... 
But Fairhaven is a nice place to go eat. It's a great, they have great restaurants. And um, so su support the restaurant. Anyhow, he went and he tasted. And because of my passion, he took, it was faith. He says, you know, I'm going to take John at his word. I'm going I'm to step out. I'm going to step out and I'm going to go. I'm going to drive 13 miles, well, 14 whatever miles. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to see. I'm going to take him at his word. How many know that God has called us to live our life in such a way? That, to live passionate, to live, to, to live with, with stirred up in the presence of God on a daily basis. Though so when we go into the community, people will know. And we just don't, we just, there's some, some believers like, I'm just going to walk. And they'll, they'll just see Jesus in me. How many know that's true? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the, uh, People are going to see Jesus in your walk. But how many know a walk sometimes is not enough? We got to allow that passion. If you're passion, you're passionate about something, it's going to come out verbally. You're, going to, you're just going to speak forth that passion. And, and uh, what are you doing about that? Are you just living your life and bringing your family to church and you're coming here on Sunday mornings and you're involved in the community group and all that? By the way, we need to increase that. You guys get involved in community. So anyhow, are you living life passionately? It's more than just a Sunday morning experience. It's more than just a Wednesday morning experience. It's more, it's life. And it's, you know, there's so much at stake. There are people dying and going to hell that have not even heard about the gospel presentation. But what are we doing? Are we passionate about, the, 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 about God and who he is in our life? And taste and see, because if we tasted and seen that God is good, we can't help but talk about him. Have you ever been accused of, you know what, you talk about God too much. That's all you do. Have you ever been accused of that? Come on, there's people in here that, uh, I just said that to Andy the other day. No, I'm just kidding, Pastor. <laughs> but I love those kind of people. All they want to do is, they just, they just because of their passion, but they always, how many know that people are, that are passionate, with God, passionate about God are the funnest people on the face of the planet. You know what I'm saying? I would have been awesome to hang out with David, King David. Don't you think? Yeah. I, I mean, come on, I know all the spiritual people are like saying, what about Jesus? Yes, that would have been, that's awesome. <laughs> but I'm hanging out with Jesus right now because he's with me, amen? Yeah. But I would have just been, I would just, the warrior in me, man, I just wanted, it would be awesome to be, to, to, to hang out with David, I think. Anyhow, so, there are, there are different types of believers. Believers that, 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 that hear, but don't do nothing with what they hear. There are believers that, that, that hear, and they, they step out. But what we're looking for is believers that, that actually taste. And once you taste, see, I kept going back to that. When I tasted something that's good, I keep going back to that. And how many know that God is calling us back? Keep coming. It's not just enough to see and taste one time that he's good, but he wants you to continue to eat the meal of his word, of his presence, and his glory. Amen? Amen. David extended an open invitation for us to come and enjoy and magnify, magnify and exalt the divine name of the goodness of the Lord.
He challenged people to taste and see that the Lord is good. He wanted them to taste the goodness of God because he wanted them to experience God firsthand. I don't know about you, but I want people to experience God firsthand. Isn't it exciting when you invite somebody to, to your house or, or you invite somebody into your circle or you invite them to church and they actually begin to see the Spirit of God just chasing them and draw them in and you just see the look on their face. Does that, does that make sense? And it, it just it excites you. It, 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 just, it, it just it gives you passion and it motivates you to magnify God. Um, David challenges us to see, taste and see. He did not say see and taste. But before we taste the substance, we generally look it over first. But here we are told that we must taste before we see Two things I think are necessary. Well, there might be more, but we only have time for two today. Okay? Two necessary to enjoy, to have the enjoyment of the goodness of God. I've seen too many believers, people that confess to know Jesus, bound because of, of stuff, guilt. Anybody been guilt-ridden? Let me tell you something. Guilt means wrongdoing unlawfulness, misconduct, sin, selfishness, iniquity. But how many know 2 Corinthians 5.17? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Romans 3.20. This is simply, I, go, I know you know this. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 1 John 2.1 says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an, all this, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus, the righteousness. How many know that Jesus is our advocate? He stands before the throne and he begins to speak on our behalf because we called upon his name and through him we are saved and through him all things are, are passed away and through him we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We never have to walk with guilt ever again. When, you're pa- when, when, when something rises up about your past, you know what? You speak the word of God over it. I'm cleansed. By the blood of Jesus. I am free from that. I am free from that. And you know what? Because it's my heart's desire that, you know, what David said, taste and see that's good, that believers understand how powerful and how wonderful it is to live a life that you don't have to ever have guilt. Because, because when guilt comes in and you're dealing with that, it's taking you away from what God really wants you to focus on. And he's already done that work. He's already, he, how many times, you know, Jesus only had to be crucified one time. He rose again, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. We don't have to deal with that stuff. And you know what? When it comes on you, people, all we have to do is rebuke it in Jesus' name. You remember we were taught, a lot of us were taught how to use the name of Jesus, how to rebuke those things, and be having a renewed mind in Jesus' name. Amen. So we need to be we freedom from guilt. Also, a sense of gratitude, the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for. And, and David showed us that Psalms one, 
18, 28 to 29. You are my God. I will praise you. You are my God. I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Psalms 136.1. All give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Enjoying God's goodness involves trusting him. Trusting him. It sounds simple, right? We must trust and follow the Lord and forget the things in the past, things that are behind, and press on those things before us. Amen. There is no want for them that fear the Lord. We must taste for our God ourselves and not lean and not lean and depend upon the testimonies of others. You know, our God, David, David begins to say in Psalms, our God is an awesome God. We say that, but do, do we live that? Do we, do we speak that? Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above yes. with wisdom and power. Our God is an awesome God. Yes. They should make a song that speaks about that. I think they have. Amen. Our God is an awesome God. The Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very soon, so you better be believing. Our God is an awesome God. So what I'm saying is, how many know it's okay to have fun in church? Because God wants us to have fun. And number two, I have the mic. So God is awesome. David begins with the Psalms with a shout of joy, a statement about God's worthiness to be always praised and honored. Notice how he emphasizes David has seen the deliverance of God, and now he is overwhelmed with praises to God. There are people in here that you've seen deliverance in your life. Have you not? How many have seen deliverance in your life or those around you? Raise your hand. I bet every one of us can see and know that we've seen people. We've seen the hand. And you know what? David's seen that. David's seen that. And there's one word in there in that, in that scripture I read that he encamps. When I looked up to that word that encamps, woo, how many know the Spirit of God? He covers us. And we know this, but do we live this? Do we still hesitate when God says, speak to that person? Do we still, do we still cower down because we're afraid of what we're going to look like? Everybody in this room, I don't care how young or how old you are, until we take our last breath and stand before heaven, before Jesus, that great and glorious day, I want us to be stirred up with passion. I want us to live a life God is good. And it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And people are going to see that hunger and passion in our lives. We don't have to be afraid. David says, we see that David recognizes that God can do it. The second statement relates to God's ability to rescue us in times of trouble. David recounts in 4-7 the fact that when you have nothing left but God, you may be desperate, but you need not despair. David is going to recount his experience and commend the wisdom of trusting the Lord. David wants us to see that God can powerfully help those who put their hope in him. 
Or when something comes up, your, comes your way, you might at first re, uh, react in a way, but then when you get, when you get yourself, when you, when you just, when you begin to check yourself, it's just like, you know what? And then you just allow the, the scriptures that you've been studying over these years just rise up in you. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. He reminds you of who he is. He reminds you of his character. He reminds you of his personality. He reminds you of the truth of the word of God. And when you begin to just, it just begins to come out like second nature. You know those fear scriptures. You know those guilt scriptures. You know those praise. When something's coming at you, you know what? I'm going to praise Jesus because my God is an awesome God. And I know that he can do it because he's faithful. And we and 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 the last but not least, he's good all the time. The third statement it captures the essence of the entire Psalm of David. Or as David invites the reader or singer to experience God the way he has, come and taste that the Lord is good. You know, I just want to encourage each each of us this week just to allow these words to be embedded in our spirit. And when you go out this week. Invite others to taste and see that God is good. Invite them into your house. Invite them into your circle. Invite them and just say, come alongside me. Come alongside me. I want you to go up to even a perfect stranger. The Spirit of God leads you. Stand up. And just walk in this walk. Stand up. Come here. And you see somebody over there that looks lonely or in despair. Not that you look lonely or in despair. You play the part well. But you walk over them because you're not about your own business. You're about the kingdom of God. You're about waking up and you're about making a difference. You're about taking ground that, that the enemy's taken away. You know what? The enemy's taken too many far lives. He can't have them. We are going to stand and begin to pray salvation because that's God's heart. That everybody knows him. And so while I'm walking throughout the day and I notice I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me. God is good. And I'm like, you know, hey, how you doing? You know what? I just want, I just, I just want you to, let's hang out for a little bit. I just want to show you that, you know what? God is good. And I just want to, just, I just want to have a conversation about that. Would you like that? Yeah. Okay, sit down. <laughs> but it's coming alongside people. It's coming alongside. We get so carried on on our business. And you know what? God has been speaking to me. Um, about, about that, I get so, you know, and I've said, I've gone up here and I've told about where I work and I've told, I talked about where guys come in and stuff and, and I've got, the Spirit of God has spoken to me, but that hasn't happened in a while. And just the other day, I was like, God, stir that back up again because I want that because I want to be able to impact lives. I want to take ground. I want to take ground. I want to take ground. Who wants to take ground with us? Who wants to take ground? We want, we want, we want to know. I've said this before and I'll say it again until I die. If we were to get up, pack, and move and close the doors of this church, would this community miss us? Just, Just the other day, the Spirit of the Lord, he said this to me before one time years ago, and he just said it to the other day. Just this came up to me. And I'm going to be real transparent. If you weren't on staff at this church, would you still go there? If you're in leadership, if you weren't in leadership at this church, would you still go here? And I, you know what? Rest easy, because I said, absolutely, Lord. I love this place. This is family. Yeah, amen. 
And that, and, and, and that correlates to other areas in our life. Are you only going to serve the Lord when things are going good? Are you only going to taste and see the scripture when things are going good? It's in the midst of when hell is at your door. Oh, I'm telling you, man. I, Psalms, Psalms 23. We all we know that Psalms. We like it, but at the very end of uh, verse five, my cup runneth over. Who's in your? Who's in charge of your cup? Nobody but Jesus. Amen. When your bank account is empty, my cup runneth over. When the when I get a report from the doctor that says it's a negative report. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. So if I know no matter what circumstances, hell could be at my doorstep, my cup runneth over. Jesus, God's hand is the only one that has access to that cup, and he keeps it full, overflowing on a daily basis. When I have that mind perspective, I know nothing can take away what God, nothing can take away from what God has handed me. It's that perspective. Let's watch this video, just as a reminder. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. With every head bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today, perhaps you just walked off the street and you, you, don't, you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you've come to church for a while and you know what? You just never made it your own. You've never, perhaps because you've been raised in a family and, and you just come to church because your mom and dad. But I'm telling you today, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus is sitting at the right hand throne. He's interceding and praying that your eyes will be open, that you would receive everything in the fullness that he asks for you. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. You say, you know what? I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Jesus. So if you're here today and you know what? 
I've been a believer. I know Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. But I got to get back to tasting. I got to get back to, to knowing that he is, to taste and know that he is good. I've allowed, I've allowed some, some stuff to come into my life that just, I believe I'm still staying saved, but I've just been suppressed. I've just been like, just walking ordinary, just been stale. If that's you and you just want to say, you know what? I want to again taste the goodness of God and I want to take him at his word. I want to step out in faith and I want to do the extraordinary. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just say, hey, I acknowledge that in my life today. So Father, you see the hands that are raised. God, that we would taste. Some of us, we've tasted and we've seen. But we've been eating the same meal. I pray, Father, the freshness. Pray fresh bread. The aroma would begin, Father, to be sweet. Sweet aroma of your presence in our lives once again. And that word would smell fresh and that we would devour, that we would eat it and that we would walk and step and know that you are good. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. I got to say this. As we serve God and the years go on, there are things that God has put in us to do. And I believe there's people here, you've been sitting on it. Maybe fear, or maybe not tasting. But I hope today's message that we would understand that we taste and then we see. And that calls us to action. It calls us to faith. Step out. My encouragement to you today is to step out. And God is going to revive those dreams once again. Don't get stagnant in your walk with God because you don't have the resources. Our God is the God of resources. Your cup runneth over. I'm going to end this before I start preaching again. So, Father, we thank you. I thank you for these people. I thank you, Father, for this church. We pray, Father, your word go forth in the name of Jesus as we celebrate, as we magnify. Father God, you are an awesome God. May our lives represent that every day, every day until you come back. I pray, I thank you, our minds are renewed. Stir up those dreams. We move forward and we take the ground. We take the ground that you've given us in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Be blessed. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.